We'll turn tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I bring you greetings from the saints in Dallas. Uh, We pray for opportunities to spread the word of the Lord in Portland, and we appreciate your prayers to do the same in Dallas. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll read verses 1 through 5. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul here is drawing some interesting uh, parallels. Uh, Certainly they knew who Paul was. Uh, Paul, from a credential standpoint, had quite a number of credentials. He was a learned man. Uh, They understood this. Uh, He was uh, was wise in things in the world. He was wise in things uh, in the Word of God. And and certainly um, they would trust the things that he said as he preached them about uh, things that he, he knew in Scripture. Uh, But here Paul says uh, that in verse 1, he says, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. And in verse 4, he says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Uh, Paul is essentially, as he preaches here, he's telling them, he says, you know, this isn't about me. I, I'm not coming to you. Don't don't believe me because I can speak eloquently. Don't believe me because, you know, of any learnedness or, or anything like that. He says, this is the word of God. And so it's not about man's wisdom. It's not about even Paul's wisdom. It's about the power of God. And, and that that is the central piece uh, that, that we should consider tonight is faith in the power of God. Uh, We read uh, several stalwarts uh, in the Word of God, and we read about uh, their example, and we uh, consider David, and we look into 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 5. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 5. This is just a short portion Here he says, And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. You see, the the account here is that Saul was seeking to kill David. David had been anointed king, and he was uh, was at any time ready to take on that responsibility. After all, he he never once shirked the responsibility that God put upon his shoulders. Uh, But here Saul came into a place of vulnerability. And David, by any natural understanding, uh, could have taken Saul... Well, they could have taken him out. He could have taken Saul's life. It was it was put within his hands to do so, and as to show uh, to Saul that he 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 meant him no harm, that he he really would rather be amicable with him. He he cut off his his skirt there as Saul was uh, unaware of David's presence. But but you see, it smote David's heart. You you got to understand the the tenderness of David in this account. 
Uh, we, in 1 Corinthians, Paul uh, mentions uh, that in verse 3, he says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. You see, that's a, that's a key to understanding the power of God is understanding and being in fear, or we should say reverence, uh, to Almighty God. You see, that's where David was. That was uh, the faith that he was exhibiting. He understood that God had all things in his power, and David was willing to submit himself to whatever God was going to do. And he feared the God of heaven, and he feared nothing else. You, you, you look at David's life. I mean, after all, he ran out to face Goliath when everyone else was shaking in their boots. David was not afraid of anything, but he showed fear and reverence to Almighty God. And so as he was, as he did that, as he cut off Saul's skirt, he was, he was, well, I don't want to say he was convicted, but he, it said it smote his heart. Oh, I, I, he knew that God in his own timing would take care of things. Uh, so here we see that David uh, was following and, and wanting to uh, understand, or rather he was trusting in the power of God. In uh, Hebrews chapter 11, we read a little bit about Abraham. Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19, uh, tell us this. I'm going I'm to go a little fast. Uh, Hebrews 11:17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Abraham. Uh, the, the, The faith that Abraham showed. It made no natural sense at all for Abraham to take the child of promise, the child that he had waited for years to receive from God, the child that had been given him from God, and God says to go and destroy that child. That they made no natural sense whatsoever. You could spend a month of Sundays just trying to figure out what God's intent was for Abraham, without knowing the end of the story, of course. You, you could spend a, a, an eternity just trying to puzzle out what God was trying to do, and you'd never come to the conclusion. You see, God doesn't always share with us the end from the beginning. And you and I might stand back and say, but I just don't understand God. I I just don't know what to do because it doesn't make any sense. Well, Abraham never said that. Abraham never reached out in that way. We go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 7, Paul goes on here to say, but we speak with wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. You see, the, this man's wisdom idea, this idea that we, our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men includes our own wisdom, includes our own thoughts and ideas, includes our own understanding of a situation. Uh, Abraham had no understanding of what was going to go on, but yet it said he got up early the next morning. He grabbed his son the son of promise. And we read here in Hebrews that he trusted God implicitly. If God promised him this son, this son he was going to have, regardless of whether or not God asked him to kill his son. This faith that Abraham exhibited, we get to be beneficiaries of today. We read of the three Hebrew children. 
in Daniel chapter 3. And in Daniel chapter 3, we read that they were brought up before Nebuchadnezzar. And in chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, this is just a portion. Of course, we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were called to account because they weren't bowing to an idol. And so the king threatened to throw them into the furnace. <laughs> and you got to love their response. Uh, verses 16 through 18, he says here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, and that but if not, that's an important part. You know, we tend to focus on the fact that they were saved out of that fire. But you got to go into the faith that was exhibited here. They were ready to give their lives. Uh, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And it says that it enraged Nebuchadnezzar. And I can imagine, well, no, I can't because I've never been a king, but I, I can imagine kind of that uh, Nebuchadnezzar in, in his authority and in his, his royal decrees, how, how dare these, these young upstarts try to, uh, to uh, um, uh, undermine uh, his authority. You know, realistically, I, I don't think that Nebuchadnezzar acted uh, out of anything different than any other king would have. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego laid it out before the king just in very simple terms. O king, our vision is not set on today. Our vision is not set on the circumstances around us. Our vision is not set on what happens in that furnace. Our vision is set on our God. Our vision is set on His mighty power. He can deliver us. And if He does not, we will be with Him. You see, they focused on, on tomorrow, not on right now, not on the present circumstances. I'm nearsighted. And so if I do this, well, I know your people because I think there's the form of shoulders and, and heads. But that's about all I can see. I'm, I'm really short-sighted. I can't see very far. In fact, actually, my eyesight's gotten worse, and you might notice me doing this because I can't read it if I'm like this. So, <laughs> But I, I'm nearsighted. I, I just can't see. Uh, uh, far off. And I think a lot of times we're very nearsighted in our own lives. We're very nearsighted. We can only see what's right directly in front of us and give no thought to what's out there. What's, what's going to be on beyond this? We see a lot of that going on in our, our world today. People just very short-sighted, just thinking about what's going on right now without any thought of the consequence. Oh, you know, the, the, the world continues. And this is that man's wisdom thing. It used to be that there were, you know, rebels and upstarts that would, you know, bring about ideas that were uh, these things that most people would look at and go, oh, that's just, that's nonsense. But, but now it's infiltrated our government. It's infiltrated the, uh, the, the, the daily lives of people and our laws and, and things of this nature. I'm not being political. I'm just saying you can read that for yourself. You can see it. The reality is, is that, again, it's this man's wisdom idea. We ought to be able to give everybody what they want and have no consequences. Well, that's just not possible. We have our eyes set on tomorrow. We have our eyes set on eternity. And so as we consider these examples, 
David feared God. Uh, Abraham uh, was not confused or confounded. He just chose not to even consider uh, trying to figure it out. And we see that the three Hebrew children were not short-sighted. So we can put our faith in the power of God. Uh, God told Job, and you know, you consider Job's pains and his struggles, but uh, but God didn't, well, he didn't handle him gently at, at times. Job chapter 38, verse 4, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. And he goes on to say many different things. Were you there when I did this? Who put these things in measure? Who anchored this? And so we, we read about the power of God. He, he, he was declaring to Job and to all of us, uh, not just his eternal nature, but, but his, his all powerfulness. He, he is God. I have yet to find somebody who speaks and matter is created, but that's the God we serve. God spoke it into existence. Uh, Paul uh, said there in Corinthians to them, he says, And for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You know, people might accuse us of putting our head in the sand or or saying, well, you just don't want to hear it. Well, they're right. I don't want to hear it. I I don't want to hear about the world. I don't want to hear about all the things going on in it. I don't want to hear about all of the rampant sin and the, the degradation that exists. Because I would much rather hear about the remedy than the problem. Uh, I, 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 you'll, you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody uh, hearing a diagnosis of terminal uh, illness uh, that is not ready to hear that there's a remedy. You will not find somebody sitting there, no, tell me more about how horrible it's going to be. They aren't going to do that. They're going to say, oh no, is there an answer? Is there a remedy? Is there something that will save me? And that's the power of God. That's the power of God. That's the power that God exhibits for you and I. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, we read uh, about Elijah and how God asked Elijah, he said, well, what, what are you doing here, Elijah? He went to hide. And God uh, sent uh, a wind that broke rocks. He sent an earthquake. He, he sent fire. And he wasn't in any of those things. But they all obeyed him. Now just take that in for a minute. God wasn't in any of those things. But every one of them obeyed him. The power of God to bring these things at his command. Jesus walked on water. Jesus calmed the storm. Jesus rose people from the dead. Can you not trust in the power of God? Does this uh, make any sense from a conventional or natural wisdom? Absolutely not. That's why it astonishes us. That's why we see that and we go, that's a miracle. Because that's the power of God. We can trust in the power of God. We we read about uh, these men. And you might be saying to yourself, but... Uh, but I'm not like them. I can't have their faith. I'm not like them. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Hey, you, you just think about that for a minute. Before they believed, they didn't. 
Maybe you're in that place. Maybe you're in that precipice of whether or not you're ready to believe. Uh, Before they believed, they didn't. Before they stepped out in faith, they hadn't. They were ready to go at some point, but that that doesn't mean that they weren't ready at at another. We don't read anything about Abraham before we read about him being called out of the Ur of the Chaldees. We don't know what kind of struggles Abraham went through. We don't know what kind of means that God used to get Abraham's attention. But we know that he did, and Abraham answered. You are just like them. You are just like all of them. And we can go down the list. Uh, uh, We can look at Daniel. You are just like Daniel. Before Daniel believed, there was a day he did not. Well, you are somewhere on the timeline of Daniel's experiences. You are somewhere on the timeline of Abraham's experiences. And you know what made the difference in their lives? The thing that made the difference is one day they said, I'm going to trust in the power of God. One day they made the decision, I'm going to step out on faith. I'm going to trust. I'm going to try this God and see what happens. And God was faithful to their vision. We read that it was accounted unto Abraham uh, because he be- it was accounted for righteousness unto Abraham because he believed God, and that's what it takes. That's that's where where we are tonight. Are we willing to believe in the power of God? Are we willing to put our trust in the power of God? You know, the world around us tells us all sorts of things. Maybe even you yourself are telling you things based on your experience. Well, I've got to tell you, from my own testimony, until I experienced the things of God, I hadn't. I hadn't. But then one day I did. Then one day I reached out on faith, and the Lord was there, and He met me. And, you know, it just, everything changed. My life changed. I met the Lord at the altar. I shared uh, numerous parts of my testimony at different times with Sunday school classes and whatnot, and I won't give you all the details, uh, but rest assured, uh, when I stepped out on faith, God was there. And the same exists for you and I today. I think about Daniel. What was special about Daniel? What was Daniel called to do? You know, you and I might not be called to be a king like David. You and I might not, call, might not be called to be a prophet like Elijah. You and I might never face a circumstance like the three Hebrew children. But what was David's accomplishment? Or pardon me, what was Daniel's accomplishment? Daniel went into captivity. I mean, to, to my knowledge, Daniel didn't even preach to anybody. To my knowledge, Daniel didn't go out in the streets and, and preach to anybody. He didn't hold services. He didn't do any of that. We, we recognize him as a man who interpreted dreams that God gave him. But really, when you read the book of Daniel, what did Daniel do? Daniel listened to the king ask a question, and he responded. That's what Daniel did. That's all he did. Daniel listened to the Lord, and he wrote his visions in a book. That's what Daniel did. So you and I sit here tonight. We have the same opportunity. Uh, Daniel, trust the God of heaven. And you and I have the same way. We can trust the God of heaven today. When God gives you uh, an ordeal, when it comes your way, uh, you can trust him for that. I got to thinking about uh, trusting in man's wisdom and the things that, uh, that go on around us. Uh, you know, this, this old world is just rampant with, uh, with things that wish to tear us down. And I don't want to dwell on that because we serve a God who wants to build us up. Uh, but the reality is, is that when we spend time thinking about, uh, well, anything really in the world, 
If you spend time thinking about all these different things and trying to figure out your part and how you can make it better and all of that, trust Jesus. That's the answer. The answer is Jesus. Anything that comes along, whether it's political or, or racial or social or any of that, is trust Jesus. There, there really is no greater answer than trust Jesus. Paul says that. For I determined not to know anything among you. I don't want to know about the problems going on. I want to know who doesn't like who. I don't want to know any of that stuff. Let's just focus on Jesus. Because that is the power of God unto salvation. That is the power of God that will lead us all the way home to victory. That is the power of God available to us today. Paul preached God's Word. Well, the Word of God has been preached here tonight. And you and I have that same opportunity to do exactly what he said. We don't want to put our faith in men. We don't want to put our faith in our own ideas, but we can put our faith in the power of God. And the Holy Spirit is here tonight. The Holy Spirit is, is reaching out. And you might, you might ask me, well, well, Tony, do you believe the Holy Spirit attends all of your sermons? It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the Word of God that promises that He will be here when two or more are gathered in His name. You don't need me for that. You don't need any of us on the platform for that. When you meet in Jesus' name uh, to, to magnify Him, to praise Him, to seek Him, God will hear and He will answer and He will send His Spirit there. And God has sent His Spirit here tonight. And we are in His presence. Are you going to trust in His power? Are, are you going to step out in faith? Tonight is the night that you move along that timeline and you become more like Daniel. You become more like the three Hebrew children. You become more like Abraham because you exhibited faith in Almighty God. He's calling you. He has something for you. If you've not been saved, God wants to save your soul. Uh, the magnificent power He displayed to create this old uh, ball called earth, uh, to put things in order that it would sustain your and my life. God is interested in you. God cares about the things going on in your life. And He created this space for you to be able to come and trust Him. If you're not saved, come. Be saved tonight. Reach out to the God of heaven. Don't worry about trying to figure it out. You won't. You won't figure it out. In fact, there's a number of songs you can listen to that will tell you just exactly that. But God loves you. And He sent His Son and the power of His resurrection so that you could be saved. Do you need to be sanctified tonight? Reach out and touch the throne of heaven tonight. Just trust in the power of God. Don't try to figure out how it's going to happen. Just draw close to Him. And do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Come down and receive. The Holy Spirit is here to, to give you that experience. Not because you're worthy or you deserve it, because it's God's plan to fill His people with His Spirit that they can be lights to the world around them. God wants to do that in your life, not because you earn it, not because you're something special necessarily, but because he is special because He has promised it. Trust in the power of God. Reach out in faith. Be like Daniel. Be like Abraham. God will reward you richly by the power and authority of His Word. Come out to the altars.